Hi, just before we get started uh, on this week's Arsecast Extra, I just want to point out and apologize for a bit of interference throughout the recording. I'm not quite sure what it was or why it happens or how it happens. And if anyone has any ideas, feel free to get in touch and let me know, because uh, obviously I'd like to avoid this kind of thing happening, because uh, it's no good for everybody's ears to hear these kind of crackling sounds. So apologies for that. Nevertheless, it's an interlull. We did our best with an hour and a bit for you. So uh, let's get on with the show. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. En el descuento ha marcado el Arsenal como viene siendo habitual esta temporada. Gol de Alexis 1-0 Arsenal. This is Arscast Extra. Welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunner Blog. Goodly morning to you. Oh, goodly morning to you too. Yeah, how's it going? I'm not too bad, thanks. I'm sort of. I mean, I find the whole clocks going forward thing distressing. I think it makes me unduly tired. It's time travel in the very loosest sense of the word. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I mean, I, I was awake as well at the point where it went forward ah. in the midst of Saturday night, which is particularly discombobulating. Uh, I was at a wedding and then, you know, it was sort of one o'clock at the wedding and then suddenly it was three o'clock as if by magic. Well, no, um, it wasn't. It was two o'clock. It went from one o'clock to two o'clock. No, no. At this wedding, it doubled. I don't know why. Holy uh, shit! Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty exciting stuff. No, you're right. But it was just very strange. And then the next day, I was like, "Well, I guess I should stay in bed a bit longer mm. because it, it isn't really this time. It isn't really ten o'clock. Yeah. It's nine o'clock." And then that's just continued ever since. And I, I don't really know who I am or where I am. And certainly what time it is. I think we all feel your uncertainty there. Um, I was talking to my brother. I was not awake at the time. I was asleep. So I didn't feel, I didn't get the sensation of time ebbing mm. away from me ever quicker than it does already. But my brother was in a bar in the in the center of Dublin. It was one o'clock. And then all of a sudden it was two o'clock. And then they said, we're closing now. Which, Very sneaky. Yeah, I mean that's a load of bullshit. I don't think I don't think that the time jump should apply to bars until the next day. I think that's gr- profoundly unfair to be one o'clock and the bar is closing at two, and then all of a sudden it's closed. That's not fair. That's not right in any I sense agree. of the word. That is unjust. Mm. Um, uh, well, so that was that was Saturday night, and that was a bit odd. And then Sunday night, last night. Apparently, there was a massive storm in London, and I woke up, and all my social media channels were full of people saying, couldn't sleep a wink because of this storm. Did you hear the storm, the amazing storm? And I have no idea that this took place. <laughs> so I, I feel really left out. I don't know what, what I was doing or how I was sleeping in such a way that it completely passed me by. Maybe I, I was in the eye of the storm. Maybe so. I think that's a good thing, though, because storms can be frightening and scary. And I always think that it, it will be much better to wake up after something has happened to be not affected by it than than living through it, right? I see. So, like, wake up in a post-apocalyptic world rather than experience the apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Or wake up limbless, but not having to have gone through the amputation. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think that is the general idea of anaesthetic. Yeah. But- <laughs> I think that's why they do that in those kinds of operations, but yeah. uh, I see your logic nonetheless. Well, I mean, think about it from the point of view of the old days. Imagine if you were living in, I don't know, Deadwood. Do you ever see that show, Deadwood? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a great show it was and, and what a travesty it was that we never got to, to see it finished. Although, I believe there's going to be a Deadwood movie, so that's good. That is good. I didn't know that. But you remember, I wasn't there one scene where a guy had to have a, a leg amputated or something like that, and the anesthetic was essentially a bottle of whiskey. And then they took they took to him with a with a saw. That's why they called the doctors sawbones back then, because they just like, you know, that was pretty unsanitary, and you know, a lot of um, a lot of people would have died because of infection and dirt and things like that. So, you know, if I was in the Deadwood period, I would have liked to have slept through it all the way to the modern age. Somehow uh, hibernated, a bit like Fry from Futurama. That would have been that would have been preferable for me. That's a great idea. Uh, yeah, no, that does sound frightening. And that just saw it off and then, I don't know, whack a few leeches on it. Yeah. Like that. Then drill a hole in your skull, just for good measure. Well, that's just how to... they got the bad thoughts out. That's how you get the bad thoughts out. 
It doesn't work, guys. I can tell you now. I've tried it. It doesn't mm. work. It takes a long time to heal. Do you get um, um? Do you get much spam mail? Do you mind me asking? I do. I'll tell you something about my. You carry on first. I, I get a lot of spam mail. I must confess, I'm really bad at unsubscribing to stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I get. I have a lot of email accounts for different things, and over the years, they've been sort of made public-ish, so I tend to get a lot of spam mail. So I woke up this morning, there was like 900 and something spam mails in my uh, in my spam box that have been collected over the weekend. I tend to empty it up uh, quite regularly. But do you ever wonder or worry that the spam mails, do you get, do you get them addressed to you from yourself? Uh, I have seen those, yeah. yeah. That does ring a bell. I don't know how that happens. I, well, it's just people spoofing, isn't it? So I get you know quite a lot of email uh, uh, from Andrew Mangan to Andrew Mangan, and I'm not even talking about the other Andrew Mangan that lives in Colorado, uh, who, who, who doesn't know us. No, no, not the footballer playing for Shrewsbury Town, but no, not that guy. But I get I get these spam emails. Uh, do you ever wonder or worry that these emails might be you from an alternate universe trying to send you a message rather than just spam? Maybe. It could be you from the future. Well, I got one this morning. It says, hi, when some random newbies are making $22,279.43 or $51,675.92 or $126,682.37 with beta testing software, then blah, 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 goes on to say, you know, do you want to be a, a beta tester in some software thing? I'm more, I, you know, I look at those numbers and I wonder, are they, is that code? Are they coordinates to something? Is this me from, uh, like you say, the future or another dimension trying to tell me something about now that could be important? I worry about that. That, that is a genuine concern. I'm going to look at spam mail very, very differently from now on. Yeah. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just all just very sound advice. It could be. I, I haven't quite worked out what it is. No. <laughs> But, I, you know, just just in case, like, imagine at some point, you know when they say uh, when you die, you your life flashes before your eyes. And for some who have gone into the light and then come back from the light, they say there's this dawning realization of, of what it's all about, what the world is and what everything meant. Mm. And then they tend to forget that because I think most of them make up these stories. Sure. But, but what if at the point of my death... Just as my life is ebbing away like that hour that went forward this weekend, what if I, I realized what all these messages were about? They weren't spam. I could have made a difference. I could have done something remarkable or wonderful with my life. And yeah, maybe I'm overthinking it. Do you, do you, do you I don't know. I mean, I think that probably on most people's deathbeds, they, they will fear that they should have read more of their spam mail. Mm. We all wonder if, you know, we were so... We we were so convinced that none of these emails worked, that there wasn't a bank account, you know, that we could get secret access to through an African prince. Our, our penises couldn't be enlarged that easily and that cheaply. Yeah. We just rolled our eyes at it and then look at us. We wrote it off all too quickly, didn't we? But, it all, but in fact, all along, it was us in the future trying to give us just some sound, solid advice. To save this world that we're living in right now. My goodness. So, so what have you been doing with your weekend? You went to a wedding, that was I good. I went to a wedding, it wasn't my own, I was an usher though, which is sort of a curious role. It's a bit like a bit like the Arsenal coaching staff, you're sort of putting cones out, but it's not really clear, you haven't got any authority. You, you know? were the Rio Miyaichi of, of the wedding, basically. Kind of, exactly that. I was sort of the, yeah, or the Borough Prima, actually, the kind of background <laughs> figure, you know. Um, and that was nice though, it was good. Uh, it was in London, which was great. I don't, I'm not a fan of having to trek around places to watch people getting married. Mm. Ideally, I want it on my doorstep. Um, not my actual doorstep. That would be really annoying. It's probably not big enough for a wedding, but, you know, you could consider at some point in the future when you do purchase a property of your own that you could have a, a garden large enough so that when any of your friends get married, they could do it in your garden. So, like, uh, let's say at midnight, you're tired, you just go, nah, I'm off to bed, and I've only got 43 feet to go to get to bed rather than take a taxi across town or, or anything Ideal. inconvenient like that. And I could charge them for the privilege. You could and become, I, and, and you, I would do. Yeah, you could become as well one of those wedding doer guys, a celebrant. Yeah, you don't have I, to be a priest, but you can. You could be. Actually, I know what you should do. This is perfect. You become a ship's captain, and that gives you the right to marry people 
does it? Yeah. Captain of a ship can marry people. Everyone knows that. Any ship. So if I just get a ship yeah. and declare myself the captain, yeah. is there like a ship driving test I have to pass? Or I don't know. I, I'm not that big up on the, the ship driving thing. But, you know, if you were to become a ship's captain, you could marry people at will. Now, I don't know if you have to do it on the ship, which would then negate the uh, the convenience of having them do it in your back garden. Yeah, that's true. I could, unless I could get a ship into my back garden. Worth Can considering. I'm, I'm looking into it. I, it seems it seems like a good option for me. What about you? What's What's been going on in Ireland? Have there been any storms, any weddings? No storms, no weddings. Um, zero weddings in Dublin. Zero weddings. We had our dry Friday, of course, Good Friday, when you can't buy alcohol in, uh, in Ireland at all. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. You're not allowed. All the pubs are closed. All the supermarkets, all the off-licenses, everything is closed. So everyone went out on Thursday and bought all the booze in Ireland. Sure, there were sure. certain places where you could get uh, a drink. Uh, like if you're a resident in a hotel, you can get a drink. If you travel by train you can get a drink on the train you can get a can of beer or whatever they serve in the big cart that they bring around on the train and apparently if you went to the dogs now i don't mean if your life gets ruined i mean if you actually went to the dogs to the greyhound track you could also get a drink there but for the most part uh, ireland was um ireland was dry on friday and uh, it was <laughs> i suppose uh, unfortunate for a number of the stag parties and hen parties that came to ireland from the uk oh my god wandering around on friday and there's um there was somebody saying on twitter that they just overheard uh, one guy going oh, i didn't fucking know did i <laughs> 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 and there's like 12 or 14 lads you know, wandering around Dublin city centre going, why the fuck are all the pubs closed? Surely some sort of illegal trade will, you know, spikes, it will appear on Friday, Good Friday. Speakeasies. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, underground speakeasies that run for only 24 <laughs> hours. Um, uh, what they could do is just sort of do away with a really antiquated, silly law. Because this stretches back to the 1800s, uh, or apparently. It's enforced by law, is it? It's yeah, it's law. Tradition. It's not tradition. It's, uh, it's actual law that even if the pubs wanted to open, they cannot. They would, uh, they would uh, jeopardize their licenses if they were to do so. So it's a, it's a bit silly, really. But, but that was it. But apart from that, all I did was sort of um, read, watch some films, um, watch The French Connection again. That was good. Okay. Yeah, I read some books, listened to some podcasts. Must say that if you're a David Bowie fan, and obviously I'm a David Bowie fan, or was it? Are you still a David Bowie fan? I think you, you still are. Do you say are. you still are? Am I a fan of David Bowie? I was a Bowie fan. Oh, I am. Because I think if it's weird if you if you if someone wasn't alive in your lifetime, then you would just say you are a fan of them. Like mm. I think you would be a fan of Mozart, for example. Mm. But it's it's slightly confusing when they pass away. Yeah. While you're a fan of them, if that changes how you describe it. Yeah. I think you are a David Bowie fan. I am, fan. I am a David Bowie fan. Um, but I listened to uh, Adam Buxton. He did two excellent podcasts about David Bowie. He called them the Bowie Wallow because he too was a big David Bowie fan. And uh, I would check those out if you haven't already. If you're a David Bowie fan, check out the Adam Buxton podcast because not only is it great from a Bowie point of view, but he's just a very funny uh, mm. guy. And uh, I like the way he delivers the words from his mouth into my ears. Not, not, also, not via the medium of headphones, of course. He doesn't actually deliver them into my ears. I'm sure that would be lovely as well. Um, but I'm also an Adam Buxton fan as mm. well as a David Bowie fan, so that sounds ideal. I would check those out then. Did you? I mean, I, I almost daren't ask, but did you watch any football of any nature? I did not. I did right. not. Did you? Not really, no. I watched the highlights of the England game. England beat Germany 3-2 mm. in Berlin. Uh, yeah, I was going to put a little bet on that. Well, I did put a little bet on that game, but I, I, I went for a went for a bigger Germany win than an right. actual England win. Sure. Yeah. I can understand your inclination. Yeah, I just thought, well, hey, you know. You, never you had know. an email from future you suggesting that's what would have unfolded. No, no. Uh, I was just uh, spur of the moment type thing. And um, yeah, it didn't work out. But I'm sure that uh, over the course of the coming weeks, I will work hard to recoup the three euros that I placed on that particular game. Well, we can but hope. Mm. Um, a good win for England, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a bit uncomfortable to talk about it because it's sort of been hailed as this Tottenham-inspired victory. You know, mm. I think it was four Spurs players in the starting lineup. I'm mainly focusing on the contribution of Danny Welbeck, 
who played on the right wing, and I think that was probably instrumental. Despite the fact he didn't score or assist any of the goals, I think he was clearly the difference maker. I saw somebody uh, talking about Danny Welbeck sitting on the bench with ice on his knee oh, afterwards. Is that a bit worrying? A whole lot of ice. A yeah. whole lot of ice. It was a little bit worrying. He was in good spirits in this little shot of his knee. A lot of shot of him, sorry. He was chuckling away to whoever was sat next to him on the bench. But he did have a big brace around his left knee, and an awful lot of ice. Now, right. I don't know if he's, that's just something that is happening to him in every game at the moment, you know, because Arsene's talked about him not being quite recovered from his cartilage problem. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's just precautionary, maybe that's just part of his rehab. Um, we certainly hope so, anyway, because I think it was actually on England duty the first... Uh, he was eventually ruled out with the injury that kept him out for 10 months. Really? Okay. Well, mm. yeah, maybe it is, um, maybe it is a, a precaution. That, you know, having sat there on the bench, uh, you know, they, they, they show these shots. Maybe they're not showing those shots when he comes off the, uh, off the pitch for Arsenal, that the same kind of treatment is being applied. Yeah, maybe. But it does suggest that there's a problem. There's still something wrong. Mm, yeah, it's a bit of a worry. I mean, because the reason I say well, he eventually succumbed to injury last spring, about a year ago, is because he'd been playing with a problem for quite a long time, as I understand it, and it just got to the point where it was no longer manageable. Um, and it's slightly troubling that it seems that having come back and spent so long out, where it's all, it's still a situation where it requires quite careful attention. But hopefully that's just because he's being reintroduced to the game mm. and not because there's still something something nasty lingering under that kneecap. Yeah, yeah. I do worry, of course, because he's an Arsenal player. And we do have something of a track record of players missing games through injury. Mm. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm worried. Interesting. Again, uh, an astute observation there. Yes. Um, help from future you, maybe. But Ooh, England... Sorry. <laughs> oh, did you see Jamie Vardy's goal? I did see it, yeah. It was, it was pretty fucking good, wasn't it? It was a good goal. Mm. It was a good goal. I'm not sure that he's a nice man, but he's he's good at goals. Yeah, I don't think he's getting invited to any uh, receptions at the Japanese embassy or anything, but... Or any weddings in my garden. No, for sure. For that fact. Yeah, qu quite right. Or maybe if you were to have a wedding on your ship, you oh. could, you know, chuck him overboard. Yeah, I mean, if I sailed into Asian waters, it'd be trouble. Mm. Trouble for Jamie. But um, yeah, yeah, no, very good goal. Very, very uh, nice piece of improvisation, wasn't it? It was. And Deli Alley looking like a good player. Deli Alley's one that annoys me because I said, either on here or on Twitter or something, when he was at MK Dons, that Arsenal should go and buy him. And clearly no did one you? at the club paid any attention to me. Why did, why did you say that? Well... Because he, to be honest, I hadn't even seen that much of him. I had just seen, I'd seen, I think, one full game and then quite a few clips. But he was scoring a, a silly amount of goals in League One. I think he scored, I think he scored like two hat-tricks in the first few months of the season from central midfield. Um, and he was like 16, 17 at the time. Right. And I just thought, this guy's clearly a big talent and it seemed like an obvious case for us to be on we weren't and Spurs have bloody got him now I mean mm. I don't know if he's quite as good as the hype would would lead you to believe but he's clearly a very talented player so what was is, is that his path that he was at MK Dons and then Spurs got him from MK Dons he wasn't like a Spurs prospect who was on loan at MK Dons no or he was signed I think the deal was done last January and he was I think loaned back to MK Dons for the remainder of the season right and but he literally, I mean, it's a bit like Oxlade-Chamberlain in that he leapt from sort of the lower leagues to the Premier League and just hit the ground absolutely running. Why, why is that like Oxlade-Chamberlain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Good mm. point. Good point. Um, and, you know, because again, it's like, Arsene, come on, read my timeline. What are you thinking here? Yeah. I've given you all these great tips, like when I said that you should sign Marwan Fellaini and, you know, Seamus <laughs> Coleman, and yet you're overlooking it. What's happening? Yeah, look. The one in a thousand I got right, Deli Alley, and that no one, no one even cared. The McNicholas stopped clock was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose it does show that the, the lower leagues aren't necessarily um, being tapped 
as as well as they should be. Well, I that guess Vardy's good, another, yeah, Vardy. another example. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, maybe we should have a look, get through, go through the division, see what's there. He did talk about that, didn't he, earlier this season, or or at some point where he said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna perhaps focus a little more on trying to find some talent from from the lower leagues." Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I remember some quotes from Arsene Wenger this season, or or pretty recently talking about how this was an area where. Um, perhaps you might be able to unearth some gems. Of course, everyone's got their scouts all over Europe and, and everything like that these days, but it's perhaps been not fashionable to look lower down to find a solution to a problem like uh, a two million or five million or you know five million pound foreign player is perhaps less risky than going down the leagues and looking for somebody who can perhaps make that step up because you can't always tell if a player can do that. No, exactly. I mean, I think it's it's more for the younger players. If you look at someone like John Stones, for example, he made his first team breakthrough at Barnsley, and then it was Everton who came in and gambled a few million quid, and it looks like they'll make a massive, massive profit on that. Um, we've done things like that in the past. Oxley Chamberlain's an example. Ramsey, I guess, you know, mm. someone who came through at Cardiff. Carl Jenkinson at Charlton. Um but I do think so. So clearly, it's something we're not we've not completely ignored. But uh, it's definitely, definitely a, an interesting hunting ground, and Ali's one that's really paid dividends. But yeah, it was quite uncomfortable watching an England team play quite well and quite excitingly, but with uh, such a strong Tottenham contingent. Yeah, yeah, we did a conflict did, there for me. Yeah, there is a conflict. Actually, somebody left a, a question, uh, even though we're not in the questions part yet, but I'm just going to look at it here. Um, it's from Ru- Russell Dickinson, who's on the Facebook. Uh, and he said, this one is more for James. As an Englishman, I very much enjoyed beating the Germans. Mm. That's I never knew that was a thing. But anyway, <laughs> uh, however, the side contained Spurs players at its core. And he wants to know, as an Arsenal fan, what horrifies you more? The prospect of that lot winning the league or the prospect of England winning the Euros with a Spurs Spurs core and them lording it for years to come a la West Ham? I think I know the answer to this one. I mean, I think as bad as that would be, as bad as a, a Spurs-led England team winning the Euros would be, I think Spurs winning the Premier League is significantly more unpalatable because West Ham didn't actually win the World Cup. There's no. always that rebuttal. Only Arsenal won the World Cup. Exactly. <laughs> With, you know, uh, Patrick Vieira starting... Was it mm. Emmanuel Petit starting and Vieira coming off the bench? That yeah. was Arsenal winning the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, and, I yeah, Spurs winning the league is a, just a, such a no-no for me. Oh, for sure. So that's quite clear on that one. But what I was going to say was, it was quite interesting looking at that England team and thinking about the potential Arsenal players who might or might not make the squad, I think a lot of them are in quite big trouble. Uh, Welbeck, I think, it's it's clear, will be in there. I think that... Fitness providing, yeah. Fitness permitting, he will be in there. Hodgson really likes him, he started him in this game. Theo Walcott didn't get off the bench. There's some suggestions he may not... uh, may not even start the, the next friendly against the Netherlands. I think he's in real trouble because... When you look at the makeup of the two squads, it, it kind of, you know, if you're going to have five strikers, there are six currently. Rooney's going to be an automatic pick. Welbeck and Sturridge, I think, will go. Harry Kane will go. And then it comes down to Vardy and Walcott. And with Vardy's contribution against Germany, if you're going to go for a very quick, quick forward, there's only one of those two players who's in any mm. kind of form. Yeah. So uh, he does, I think, stand to miss out, potentially. Yeah, well, of course, you know, there are injury worries, aren't there, over, you know, Sturridge could easily be injured in the meantime. That is true. Welbeck, we have those concerns over him. But it's clear Hudson does like Welbeck, and he does like Oxlade-Chamberlain as well. Do you think there's any chance of Oxlade-Chamberlain making the squad? I think, ordinarily, I would have said yes, but his uh, his season's been so patchy, and I think Mm. what's hurting Oxlade-Chamberlain is the emergence of players like Barkley and Ali, who although they're sort of more central players, can fill those areas. I think Oxlade-Chamberlain is another who's going to be in, in big trouble, actually. I wouldn't be surprised to see either Ox... I'd be a bit surprised if either Oxlade-Chamberlain or Walcott make it. And as for Kieran Gibbs, I mean, Ryan Bertrand pulled out with an injury and uh, Gibbs wasn't even called up. They went into this squad with just Danny Rose. So he'll play both games. So I think that's effectively them saying, don't get hopes up, Kieran. Uh, it's, a, it's a done deal. Wow. Uh, that must be very disheartening for Kieran Gibbs. 
It you must know, be, but he's... A, to have lost his place to Nacho Monreal, but B, to be kept out of the England team by <laughs> Danny Rose. I know. Well, and as Arsenal fans, not nice to see, but I think he's only started three Premier League games this season. Yeah. Know, Kieran Gibbs. So, and I think two of them were in midfield. So, I, I don't... Uh, I, I can understand why Hodgson's like, well, I, I can't possibly give him a game. And I, I was, you know... It's a bit early to talk about it, but I wonder if if Gibbs does want to revive his England ambitions, he, he may have to do so at another club. Yep, yep, that makes sense. So you're you're looking at really only Danny Welbeck as the only Arsenal England well, player. Jack Wilshire is no. the other name in the mix. You know, I mean, I saw I saw somebody talking about this or reading uh, or writing an article about this at the weekend that um, if he's in any way fit, he should go. And I'll. I'll uh, I overheard a little conversation um, by some well-placed people mm. talking about Wilshire um, and Hodgson's desire to take him to mm. the Euros, uh, which is obviously fairly um, fairly well known that he wants Wilshire in the squad. Mm-hmm. And one part of you would say, okay, if he's in any way fit and he could go with the squad. Uh, to the European Championships, what different? What harm can it do him as a player? Because at some point, he's got to start playing again, right? But for, you know, could you really take the risk? He's, he'll have no form. He'll have no rhythm. He'll have no match fitness. If he doesn't play for Arsenal this season, there's surely no way that he can be taken to the European Championships. Well, do you think he will play for Arsenal this season? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, there was this round of stories, wasn't there, last week about a potential setback, and that was sort of dismissed by the club. It was dismissed by the club, but the 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 the, the story came um, from two separate places. Mm. Um, so I said, you know, if you were to say on the balance of probability, what is the more likely that Jack has had a bit of a problem? And maybe it's not 100% definitive, but if this problem turns out to be something that requires fixing, that's his season done. And probably his European Championship hopes done as well. I think the club are are probably keeping it uh, on the down low just for the sake of Wilshire's, I won't say mental well-being, but, you know, for his own mind. Right. That he might... That he might get ruled. I don't know. Maybe there's nothing to it, but I, I suspect there might be something. I mean, there's setbacks and there's setbacks, aren't there? It, it may not be that something has, you know, gone or broken, or mm. uh, but he, he, his return may have been slightly delayed. Mm. Um, and at this stage of the season for him, obviously, that's a huge problem. I, I think, from what I've heard as well, Hodgson's desperate to take him. He doesn't think that there's an alternative, really. There's no one else available to him who who has that skill set as a kind of deep lying playmaker. I think probably, you know, Danny Drinkwater's the closest thing and Michael Carrick and he doesn't want to take Carrick. So I think if if Wilshire can get fit, Hodgson will pick him. Obviously as an Arsenal fan, that's a big concern to me. Do I want him going into a highly competitive tournament with with no football behind him, you know. Well, I mean, what's, uh, what's the alternative? Though? I mean, does he? Can you can you actually afford, or does it do anybody any good to treat Jack Wilshire with kid gloves right now? Is there not a sense that you've got to? Okay, look, play him and see what happens. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, look, nobody's nobody's going to be hugely um, hugely surprised. I guess so. You I know? guess so. You've got to throw him in when he's fit. I guess. Yeah. I just. I guess I'd probably rather it was in Arsenal colours rather than England. Just put my Arsenal hat sure, on. Sure, but can, I mean the, the 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 bigger question then, of course, is can he play to the level required? Having missed a whole season of football, can he just come back in and be fresh and brilliant in the European Championships? I'd be very very surprised if that was possible. Yeah, I, I don't think he can be the best Jack Wilshire that we can envisage. I still think he can be better than a number of England's other options, and that's why. Hodgson will take him if, mm. if he can be fit. Although, you know, he's cutting it very, very fine indeed, isn't he now? <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's April in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if he was in any way effective if he was picked. And at this point, I'd be surprised if he was if he was picked. You know, I'd love to see him back. I think he's he's a player that we've missed. The qualities that he has as, as a player are things that we've missed in this Arsenal team this season. But you can only go on what you see in front of you, and what you see in front of you is, is no Jack Wilshire. Mm. So mm. true. 
Very true. Mm. Um, is there some sort of other roundup of you know things other Arsenal players did in order? Or uh, Olivier Giroud scored. He scored a goal. Oh yeah, and he produced a very a lovely first touch. I saw that vine that you uh, mm. posted on the blog. Yes, with his ghoulies. Yes, it looked like impressive. he tra- trapped the ball with his testicles, which is uh, you know a, a brave move, you would say. It was indeed. Um, Mesut Özil got an assist. I should have said for Germany. Why, uh, can you really call that an assist? <laughs> he played he a, a three-yard pass to somebody yes. who ran on uh, for a while and then spanked it in from distance. I'm not necessarily you. sure that's an assist. He will be claiming it as an assist, I'm sure. <laughs> um, well, I'm just looking through now. David Espina played 90 minutes against Bolivia. Okay, could could be injured as well. Got a knock. Yeah, he does seem a very. I won't say injury prone. Well, maybe injury prone is right, but he tends to get buffeted around more than most goalkeepers. He does, doesn't he? Do you think people uh, look at him and go, look, there's a little short guy with no neck. I'm going to bash him. I don't know what it is, because actually you'd think being that sort of stocky stature, he would be quite robust, but uh, mm. he does seem to take a, a pummeling. Um, oh, Alex Wobi made his competitive debut for Nigeria. So it's actually his third cap, I believe, but this now means he definitely can't ever play for England. Yes. Because uh, apparently the FA had make a, made a late play to convince him to switch allegiances. Um, but he stuck with Nigeria. Well, so he, he, yeah, they they didn't bother picking him at all at under-19 level, did they? Yeah, well, this is it. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know if there was anything else of any note, really. Um, Alexis played. Did he? 90 minutes against Argentina. Did he score? No. Did they lose? Uh, they, oh, they lost. Okay. 2-1. 2-1. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. And that's about it, is it? That's about it, guys. All right. That's about it of any notes. I mean, this is a weird international break, I find. It's sort of like the last pit stop, isn't it, before the the real run-in. We're mm. on the home straight now. Yeah. <laughs> Are you excited about that? Or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to think. Does it feel a bit like we don't have that much to play for? Sort of. Yeah. It does feel a bit like that, but at the same time, there's just this faint glimmer of something in the distance that uh, I know better than to try and cling on to, but I'm gonna, just to make the last few weeks a bit interesting, just in case. Just in case. Okay. Okay. So will is we... That, um, yeah. Is that part one? That's part one. So let's uh, take a short break, come back with questions and stuff in part two. Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is part two, which always comes after part one. And this is the question. This is the question. This is the part of the show where we answer your questions. To be or not to be, that's the question. I was being a bit, a bit there, and I, I just, I fucked it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. it happens, mm, it happens. Yeah. Um, we were talking about weddings earlier. Okay. Yeah. Do, we were. Do you want to see my wedding organ? <laughs> uh, n- no. I'm glad it's an audio-only format. It's a very oh. sinister wedding. That is a very sinister wedding, yeah, frightening. Yeah. Um... Yeah, okay, lovely. But have you got any other are you gonna keep that up throughout the second part or Uh I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll pick some other kind of instrument. Okay. Yeah. Good. Inject you know, some some audio goodness into proceedings. I will. Okay. Um would you like a question? Yes, please. Okay. This is from <laughs> Nils Tompkins. Nils underscore Tompkins on okay. Twitter. And he says, As dull as interlulls can be, and boy are they dull, is this current one? off the back of Everton, perfectly timed for us? I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) It depends what he means by perfectly timed. Like, in what sense? Surely, surely the the perfectly timed win over Everton would have have been better to play another game, to, to, you know, to build on that performance and result. Yeah, exactly. I'm sort of inclined to agree. If, however... Sorry to cut across you. No, not at all. If it's perfectly timed to allow non-international members of the Arsenal squad 
to enjoy some downtime and to perhaps binge watch some shows on Netflix, then yes, I agree that it is perfectly timed. Is it perfectly timed in that uh, it enables the players to think about what they've done? (laughs) (laughs) Go to your room. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if you're not going on to national duty, you have to sit on the naughty step at London Colney for two weeks and think about what you've done. No, but but it enables them to analyse recent weeks of performances and some of the problems therein, but without the despair of another defeat, with this cause for optimism after the win at Everton. Is it that? Is it perfectly timed in that respect? I don't fucking know. Why don't you know? This is your job. I'm asking the questions. All right. With what's his name? What was his name? Nils Tompkins. Nils Tompkins. Nils Tompkins and I are asking you questions, and you have to answer. All right. My answer is, I don't think so. Oh. I don't think yeah, it's perfectly it's a yes timed. Or no question. Is it perfectly timed? Nah. What, what about, is it perfectly timed in that it might allow players who are injured to get less injured? Yes, that's good. That's good. I'll, I'll take that. Oh, I'll give you that. I'll grant you that. Absolutely. We could have Petr Cech back. That would be good. And that's about it. I don't know who else could be back. Aaron Ramsey could be back as well. So maybe that, that, that two-week break will enable the squad to refresh itself. And maybe, yes, maybe they, they have been uh, taking stock, sitting on the naughty step. All of them there. Arteta, Mertesacker, Coquelin. Who else is there? Kieran Gibbs, probably. Kieran Gibbs. Nacho. Nacho Monreal will be there. Yeah. Santi will be there because he's he's not uh, on international duty because he's still a bit injured. He could be back soon as well, so that could be that could be a good thing. And they could be just sitting there all day thinking about what they've done. But then, do you not think, James? And I'm just throwing this out there that with some players away, you know how it goes. Group dynamics. People could see. You know, these people that are sitting on the naughty step could look afar at the people who aren't there, and point fingers. And then when they come back, there could be a blame culture. It could have created this blame culture, like a fungus growing, and all of a sudden we have a divided squad that's not pulling together, that isn't all singing from the same hymn sheet. Their organs, their wedding organs, are playing different tunes. So maybe it's unperfectly timed in that regard. Maybe. I mean, it was perfectly timed for me because it may- allowed me to go to this wedding without missing a game. Yeah. Would, so, you, would you have had to miss a game had, the, had it been a if, weekend? If the game been on a Saturday, the wedding kicked off at three o'clock as well. So it was a real, a real problem. Well, I mean, there was no danger of us kicking off at three o'clock on a Saturday, yeah. is there? I mean, <laughs> Jesus. To be fair, I probably would have been okay. Right. Um, but in short, I don't really think it's perfectly timed either. I just was pressing you for an answer. Okay. Well, there we go then. There we go. Have you got a question? I do have a question. Did you see the comments from Mesut Ozil? I did see them. We should go over them. Just to, uh, to remind people what he said, he talked about the title and how, you know, it's still possible, blah, 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 which I guess he has to say. But then he went on to talk about uh, next season in the summer and things like that. He said, we know that it will not be easy and we need reinforcements if we want next season to be on top here again. I don't know on top of what, but on top of something. The table, perhaps? I don't know. Yeah. He said, it is again interesting to see who invests in who and how much the clubs do during the summer break. In addition, great coaches are coming into the league. I'm thinking primarily of Pep Guardiola. Wherever he has been, he has had success he is a coach keen on playing, and his teams are feared. I may have acted that out a little. He's more keen than. on playing. He's keen on playing. I suspect so this he, was. I mean, he tries to pick himself. <laughs> uh, I, it could have been, you know, one of those uh, Google Translate things that didn't quite work out, and then that that quote spread. But he's talking about reinforcements, reinforcements. So the question, as it is, it comes from Paul Bassett who doesn't have big, long, floppy ears, as far as I can see, so is a, pretty much a disgrace to his own name. A noisy made of sweets. No. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, Bassett. Bertie Bertie Bassett, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. What did he do? Licorice all sorts and that kind of stuff? That kind of thing. Not really my favourite, but... Yeah. No, me neither. Me neither. I'm not, I'm mad, for, not mad for licorice. No, me neither. Red licorice I can get by with, but black licorice frightens me. Frightens you? It just tastes like tar. Mmm. Mmm. 
Anyhow. Yeah, anyway, Paul wants to know, are Ozil's reinforcement comments designed to push Arsene Wenger into spending, or do you think he actually believes he will spend? Maybe he knows. Maybe he's had a tip-off. Hmm, Maybe Meza Ozil's emailed himself. Picture. <laughs> I, um, he, he worked out his spam. Exactly. He's cracked the code. Um, I think... he. I mean... It, uh, He's just calling it as he sees it, isn't he? He's just being honest. Mm. I think he's probably just saying, well... I mean, the, the reality is we're not top this year. Um, and he's absolutely right that if we want to be next year, we probably will have to spend some money to keep pace with the clubs who make a, an inevitable resurgence. Maybe there's a slight element of him putting some pressure. I mean, he is the biggest fish in this particular pond. Mm. And uh, maybe he wants to know that the club's ambitions match his own. I think that would be understandable. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's necessarily... We haven't seen... He's never really been particularly outspoken, has he, in his time at Arsenal? There's never been controversial quotes from Ozil. Um, It's his demeanour that's been criticised, not what he actually says. Mm. He's quite good at not, you know, mouthing off to the press about anything, even when things were going pretty badly for him on the pitch. But... uh, yeah, I guess it's telling. I guess it's telling. I mean, I, th- I think we all agree with him, though, so I don't think he's being controversial in any way. Um, but maybe what I can imagine is that if the club don't spend any money, he will feel somewhat disenchanted by that. Well, yeah. But again, he won't be alone. No, we're all in this. Uh, we're all in this ship together. Exactly. Your ship. It's a pond, and he's the fish. We. I'm on the ship. You're getting, looking at this massive fish. Marrying people. Trying to willy marry nilly. people. Yeah, willy-nilly. And the fish is saying to the... What's arson in it? He's like, I don't know, some sort of merman. <laughs> and he's like, buy some more fish. I'm the biggest fish, but I wouldn't mind... I'm such a big fish, I wouldn't mind if you've got some other big fish in here because my ego can cope with that. Yeah. We need some more fish. Get down the... Market, you've murmured and buy some fish. Do you? And I, meanwhile, I'm saying I now pronounce you man and fish, man, man and fish, my man, from my ship that I'm the captain of. Wow! And that's basically what's going on at Arsenal at the moment. Yeah, I don't know how anybody could possibly argue with that. Um, what do you think about these comments? Do they alarm you? No, but I think they're probably. I don't. I don't think, that, like you said, there's anything too controversial about them. He's probably been asked about it, and the fairly sensible, obvious answer is to say what he said. Right? If you're not mm. winning the league, uh, it, it's clear that you need to reinforce your team. Uh, it's also clear that certain members of this Arsenal team uh, or this Arsenal squad are not going to be here next season. There are doubts over more players than you might like as well, and in order to bridge the gap between us and the top of the table, regardless of who is at the top of the table, it seems to make perfect sense that you would go out and buy uh, some more players. So, yeah, I don't, think, I, don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's anything too deliberate or pointed just yet, but I also think it's worth listening to when your biggest fish comes out of the water and sits on the lily pad mm. underneath the boat, not simply to listen to the wedding band... Yeah, who are playing some cracking covers of Level 42. Mm. But he wants to say something. And I think, you know, nobody could really argue with what it is that he's that he said or how he said it. If a fish has come all the way above the water to chat to a journalist, mm. he must mean business because he can't breathe out of the water for a start. Yeah, that's true. He's taking a chance, isn't he? He's really, really... Uh, he's put himself out there yeah. in, in a literal sense. Yeah. So I think we've got to listen to that fish, as you would. If a fish gave an interview, if a fish <laughs> came on the land and gave an interview whilst on international duty playing football, yeah, I think the world would sit up and listen. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we ought, it's the very least we could do. Yeah, I mean, people don't pay enough attention to fishes. I think that's what this boils down to. Well, they've got a lot of problems. Well, they do. You know, they're being... Harpooned, captured in nets. They're behind Co- Leicester and Spurs in the league. Yeah. I mean, that's the big problem for these fish. So, mm. you know, someone get... They're behind, they're behind... You see, these fish are trying to compete with foxes and cocks. Exactly. And they're finding it tough going. 
because foxes and cocks are generally land animals. They're, they're adapted to the earth. And the fish, of course, exist in the sea for the most part, apart from when the fish comes out to give a, an international, uh, an interview on international duty. That's, that's you see, we're, we're like fish out of water. In a literal sense. Mm. Fish must hate pescatarians, mustn't they? Fish must be like, what have we done? Mm. People who won't eat meat but will eat fish. Fish must be like, oh, come on. Yeah, what, because we don't have fucking paws? Yeah. What's going they're, they're on? All, they're having all these meetings going, guys, we've got to get some paws. We've got to do something here. We're not, for some reason, we're just not likeable. Yeah. And we're too delicious. And pescatarian is such a wanker of a word anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I respect people's choices. They can eat what they want and do what they want. But I think that's a very good point that you make. Why won't people eat bears, for example, but they will eat fish? I mean, that's... Exactly. The, you know, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But, and, and no, to rub it in, bears are eating fish all the bloody time. Fucking salmon. They're scooping those salmon out of the rivers and eating their heads off. And we're sitting on the sidelines going... Oh, that's a good idea. Let's not eat that bear. Yeah. Let's eat more of those little fish. We yeah. hate them. Yeah. Fish have feelings too. I think that's what it, you know, people, people, uh. I mean, I'm not a scientist. Do they have feelings? I don't know. Yeah, they do. Does Meza Ozil have feelings? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. There was a paper. Well, there we go then. Yeah. Um,. It's your turn. You can tell it's the interlow, guys. <laughs> I don't know if you, <laughs> don't know you can sense it. I'm going to do a football question, a real one. All right. From Tony Kent, who's at 2-0 down on right. Twitter. Um, and there says, this season. <laughs> oh, more than once. And he says, I don't know if that's true, just made that up. He says, is it worrying that our central midfield partnerships that work never have Ramsey in them? Well, yeah, I guess. I guess. I thought Arteta and Ramsey worked as a central midfield pairing. I thought that it did, worked. Actually. It did. So I don't, think, I don't think it's true to say it never works, but certainly Ramsey doesn't seem to fit with any of the other central midfield players that we have at this moment in time. Although we've never oh, yeah. really seen him with, with uh, El Neni, have we? Not really in any significant way. Only briefly. Real briefly. But yeah. I think there's more and more... I don't know if it's evidence... But you'd be hard-pressed to make the case that Ramsey is an effective, deeper-lying central midfield player. That he might be much more effective, or probably is much more effective, playing further forward. Mm. But the need is that, you know, we've had this need to play him deeper because of injuries, etc., etc. And, um, yeah, so that's a good question. Does it? Tr what was the question? Does it say, is it worrying? Um Yes, is it worrying? Does it worry you? Are you worried about it? I'm not that worried about it. I think midfield is an area that needs some work anyway. You know? Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and on that, here's, here's a question. Uh, from Squids HD, which is good. It keeps with our fish theme, and it's high-tech because he's not just an SD Squids. Standard definition, high definition. I mean, we, we could be looking at Squid's 4K at some point in the future if we want to move on up. But mm -hmm, he wants mm -hmm. to know, James, what are your thoughts on Chaka? Granite Chaka. Or Xhaka. Granite Chaka. 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 Um, I, well... Uh, A lot of talk about this. There is Sky Germany. Sky Germany. The guys who claimed we'd signed Draxler. Did they? Hot on the case, I right. believe so. Apparently. But also, Bild said yeah. something as well. Well, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. It's certainly one who would fit. Uh, it seems to me, he's um, he's a short know, little he, fat guy, from what I can see. I don't, I don't know yeah, um, exactly. And we've got to replace Cazorla somehow. It's <laughs> <laughs> two weeks in a row, man. I know. You sorry, know. I don't know what he's done to me. I really like him. I want him to come back. I just, I don't know. I'm, yeah, you're lashing out because of because of love. I'm upset. I'm upset. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, but he's a he's an interesting. Well, I was going to say prospect. He is. He's 23. He's the captain of Gladbach, I believe. I remember us playing Gladbach years right. and years ago in the 90s. And I was, it was the first time I encountered the name of the club and I found it bewildering. Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, yeah. Mm. Just like, you know, like that 
place name in Wales that everyone rattles off. Um, that's really long. Swansea. Um, that's it. Yeah, Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're talking about Arsenal paying a €43 million Euro fee, aren't they? Ooh, that's a lot for a short fat guy. It is a hell Actually, of a he's, lot. Not that shor- he's not that short. He's 1 metre 85, according to Wikipedia, which is over six foot tall. Well, there we go. And he's not that you're thinking fat. of Shakiri. Yeah. Shakiri. They did they did sort of break through together. Mm. Um He has that Basel. kind of head though. Like if you were to look at just his head, I know you what would you mean. say I know what you mean. he's five foot eight and stocky. I know what you mean. Um he he broke through with Shakiri, I think, at Basel mm. and actually was I think it was Hitzfeld, who was the coach at the time, who said he was the the better of the two talents, compared him to Sebastian Schweinsteiger. Um, and they call him the little Einstein. So if, if the little Mozart is leaving this summer, mm. will we get the little Einstein in instead? But that's, no, I mean, that doesn't work at all. Come on, what? man. Why? If the little Mozart is leaving, then we need like a little Bach or a little Handel or something like that. We need a composer for a composer. You don't just like say, okay, the Mozart is leaving, let's get a fucking scientist. I That's like Einstein's- saying, that is yeah. like saying, uh, who else could we, some other profession, throw it out there. Give me a profession. This is improv right now. Okay. Uh, doctor. Doctor. So a doctor's leaving and we're going to get a cyclist. Like you're not going to let doctor who, he's a good doctor, right? Yeah. You wouldn't let a doctor who leave and then bring in former Irish cyclist Sean Kelly. You wouldn't do it. No. Although cyclists probably know a lot about blood transfusions, so it depends on their... That's a good point, actually. <laughs> ...what actually the doctor's doing. Mm. I, I think Einstein's so clever, he could probably write some music. He could write a little song about relativity. Well, there are very, very strong connections between music and maths. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, in terms of patterns and numbers and shit. I don't I understand it, but, you know. He could turn his hand to it. Anyway, Granite Xhaka. And who doesn't want a player called Granite? I mean, that is a cool name, right? Rock solid, man. Exactly. Um, he said, everybody has a dream. Everybody has a childhood dream. And that's mine, to play in the Premier League. Right. If it comes true, it remains to be seen. Ooh. Ooh. Um, wow. I, I mean, Arsenal need a central midfielder this summer, I would say, with three almost certainly going in Flamini, Arteta and Rosicki. Mm. And uh, I think, I mean, no, he won't He won't go, will he, Jack Wilshere? There'll be chat about it. No, he yeah. won't go. I mean, who would buy him for a start? Because he's not, you know, somebody might take the risk. And I don't, think Ars- I don't think Arsene Wenger would, um, would sell him. Because, you know, he he really wants to give him a chance um, and he really likes him, obviously, as a player. Aaron Ramsey is in Barcelona at the moment. Did you see that by his Instagram? Oh, no, I didn't. Mm. Took a picture outside the uh, Sagrada Familia, the uh, the amazing cathedral there. He said something like, this is an amazing cathedral here in Barcelona. He is a charismatic guy. He really is. I mean, do we read anything into that? Could he just be there on a, you know, a week off, a, a little bit of a trip? And it's a lovely place wife. to go. It is, it is a lovely place to go, but also they have a they have a football team there. Espanol. Mm. Could be well yeah. into him. Yeah, they, I mean, they do well. I, there's been talk, hasn't there, in the past of Ramsey and Barcelona. Um, I have to be honest, I don't, I don't see him as an obvious fit there. No. Um, I, I, I don't see his style as a natural but then, but mesh. Then, but, but hang on a second. Let's look at this. Objectively, mm. on the basis of past evidence, mm. they they bought Alex Song, yeah, true. and they bought Alexander Hleb, yeah. Thank so you, you know, pretty much we signings. could we could sell. I'd say we could sell them anything. I'd say if we got a space hopper, you know those great orange things with the handles, Love space it. hoppers. Yeah, yeah. I reckon if we got one of those, put an Arsenal shirt on it, and gave it a little kind of pointy quiff. Mm. We could sell them Santi Cazorla. Imagine. Probably get 15 million quid for a space hopper. It'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> um, I, I don't think he'll go to Barcelona, but uh, if someone came with, like, silly money for Aaron Ramsey, 
mm-hmm. 50 million quid, say, something mm-hmm. like that. Would you be tempted by that? Or Sure. I like yeah. Ramsey. I'm, you know, much to, uh, to some people's dismay, I like Aaron Ramsey. They think I want to marry him and stuff. I don't. I just think he's a better player than people give him credit for. But that's neither here nor there in the context of this question. Yes, for 50 million quid, yeah, you would be tempted. But you have to ask, what will Arsenal do with that 50 million quid? Cash reserves, mate. Cash reserves. Massive cash. We love those cash reserves. Mm, see, that's my that's my fear. The cash uh, reserves, in the sea analogy, the cash reserves is the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the water <laughs> is made of money. Yeah. Liquid, liquid cash reserves. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's a, an intriguing one, certainly. Okay. Shaka, yeah, I'd, I'd enjoy that. Have a bit of that, would you? Yeah, why not? All right, well, here's one from Ramakrishnan, at Ramakrishnan21, and he says, What do you have to say about the rumoured 82 million euro bid for Obama Yang? Hang on. Before the question mark, there's a I'm pissing myself laughing emoticon. I see that one. Um, I mean, that's a lot of money, isn't it? Oh, well, we just got 50 million quid for Ramsey. Oh, true. That's fine. And 15 million quid for a space hopper. We're quids in, man. We're we're fine. We're all right. Don't worry about it. And plus, FFP is absolute bullshit anyway, so Mm. not a problem. I, I can't believe we haven't mentioned Romelu Lukaku's comments, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huge oversight on our part. Go on, tell, d- d- get the comments out, come on. Well, what's he said? He's, he was on international duty with Belgium, and players, when they're on international duty, they tend to say things as if as if they won't ever get back to England, as if <laughs> the internet doesn't exist. Yeah, they um, do that all the time and have done. Or maybe, maybe, James, it's, you know, it's part of what they do. They go away and go, oh, I say this, and then, you know. Yeah, well, he quite said... Quite deliberate. He was asked if he wants to play in the Champions League soon. He said, that is the next step for me. I'm 23 next summer, and I think it would be nice to play in the Champions League from next season. And then it was put to him that his dad had suggested he join either Manchester United or Bayern Munich. He said, Mm. that is my dad's point of view. I think those are the teams he likes. Um, I have an agent who is dealing with this for me at the moment. I just want to be good, help my teammates win games, and score lots of goals. I mean... That is a player who is gearing up for a move this summer. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. And he's got an agent who can be quite aggressive in uh, pursuing that. He's, I think, Mino Raiola is his oh, agent. Oh, he's Latan's agent as well, isn't he? He's Latan's, Balotelli's, yes. Ah. He's, he's, <laughs> a, he's a, an interesting character, but Lukaku cites him as absolutely essential in his development, actually, because... Apparently, he takes a very tough love approach to his clients. He um, he once told uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic to go and fuck himself. <laughs> uh, which, which, of course, Zlatan would love to do because he, he loves himself that much. He probably would. And apparently, he. And he has many Lukaku, times. He, he took Lukaku on not long ago, a year or two ago. And apparently, when what convinced him to join Raiola was that they sat down and Raiola basically said, I think you're. A bit of a wimp. I think you're not maximising your potential. I think you're not being the force you could be. Instead of telling him how great he was, he told him that he wasn't good enough for what he should be. Right. And Lukaku said he found it incredibly motivational to see that in an agent mm. and uh, subsequently signed with him. Uh, and he sort of in part credits him with his, his recent good form. So, uh, But I think obviously part of that plan and part of that trajectory is obviously going to be a mega move to a big club sometime mm. very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, look, we've spoken about it. I think he fits the bill um, from an Arsenal point of view in terms of what we might need from a striker or, or certainly a striker that can develop into something, you know, excellent. Um, there's no guarantees, of course, but, yeah, if he's out there, I mean, and we did say that it, it comes down to what the player wants as much as anything. People say, well, Everton won't sell, but if a guy wants to move, if he's at a team that he feels is beneath him, then, as we know, these days, players more often than not get their way. Mm, mm. I mean, how would you feel about him as opposed to Aubameyang? Could you make a call on that? Or? Um, I, I'm... Aubameyang. How old is Aubameyang? 26? Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. Tricky, isn't it? Mm. He's, I mean, he scored a lot of goals. He scored, I think it's twenty, yeah, twenty-two goals in twenty-five Bundesliga appearances. Right. Um, seven in eight Champions League appearances. Oh, Europa League, sorry. Um, yeah, but he has the Europa League, mate. That's easy. Yeah, anyone could do that. So 32 goals this season for him in the Europa uh, League and the Bundesliga. Right. So that's, um, yeah, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? 26. So he's going to be 27 in June. You're talking about having the best three seasons of his career? Yeah. Three to four anyway. Lukaku's what? Uh, let's 22 see. Right 22 right now. 22, and he has done what this season? Uh, Romelu Lukaku has scored 25 goals for Everton. For Everton as well. Mm. With no European oh. football in there. And he scores relatively consistently as well. He's had a couple of little patches, one, two, three, four, five game spell, one, two, three, four... Another little five games. Well, he's never gone more than five games without a goal this season, and he scored a number of times consecutively, one, two, three, eight games consecutively. You know, yeah, so I, I don't know. I suspect Aubameyang might be a target for bigger clubs. Mm. There's talk of Real Madrid with him, isn't there? So yeah. if we're competing with that, then, I, then yeah, I don't think there's any point even trying, but... At least there are some options for us to not buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should keep the sorry exciting. Yeah, um, watching them, uh, watching them sort of head off to their different destinations. Mm. Wondering if we'll let, we'll get involved in the party. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, do we have a another question? I've got a question here. I wanted to ask you this one. Oh, go on then. Go on. Uh, um, okay, I've got to find it. Ah, oh, where the fuck is it gone? Uh, I think I. I've, oh God. Damn. I've lost it. Okay, no, here it is. Gunarama at A4 Arsenal. Uh, what must Wenger do to convince fans he is the right man for next season, assuming we won't win the league this season and assuming that there won't be a change of manager in, in the summer? I mean, that's really tricky. I mean, win the league would be good. <laughs> yeah. But that's... I genuinely don't really believe there's much chance of that happening. So... What must he do? I mean, what would it take for him? Because the doubters are are, are uh, many. Um, wh- what would it take for people to say, okay, right, this is a little bit different from Arsene Wenger going into a new season in terms of what he might do with the squad this summer or, or in the transfer market? Mm. I, I don't know. I genuinely feel like there's so many people whose minds are made up that I, I think it will be difficult to change their minds. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not I even talking about changing minds. I'm just sort of saying, even if you are uh, an Arsene Wenger sceptic or you want Arsene Wenger out or you want a new manager, what could he do to sort of convince people that he's really going for it? Well, he could do a lot in the summer. Yeah. I'm not sure how much he can do between now and the end of May, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he can win all the games, but people will still be able to say, it's too little, too late. Yeah. You know? Oh, well, they did well when the pressure was off. Um, I think it will come down to what he does in the summer and how ruthless he's prepared to be, I Mm. think. And I think that, in fact, for the first time in a while, that might be as much about calling time on certain players as it is about bringing people in. Yes. Yes. I, I, I feel like if people see, right, Arsenal's dispensing with him, he's deemed him not good enough, he's deemed him not up to scratch, I think that will actually encourage people almost as much as seeing new signings arrive. Mm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about Deadwood, it's more a sort of attitudinal thing of like, these are the guys who, are, who I want to see there. I mm. think that will be a big thing. I think more people... <clears throat> than people might expect could could be on the way this summer. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. Basically, a combination of what he does in the transfer market and what he does with some members of, of the squad. Some members that haven't quite performed or aren't performing or, or aren't available. 
you know, if he did something like uh, buy a Jack Wilshire style player while keeping Jack Wilshire, then you go, okay. You yeah. Know, if he goes out and spends money on a on a, a big forward or an exciting forward and, you know, gets rid of somebody else, then you're thinking, all right, you know, the conservative options of, um, we've got a bit used to those and we know where they get us. So I think that's what it, I think that's what it would take. Yeah. Well, that, that would be, that would be certainly a, a good step in that direction. Mm. Obviously results on the pitch will have an impact as well. Of course. Um, of course. Unfortunately. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have one more or is that it? Or? I, I'm all out, I'm afraid. You're I'm all, all out. out. Okay. I think we've done well, though. We have. In fairness, it's an interval. There's been not much going on. We've done our best. We've uh, plumbed the depths of the ocean to, uh, to, uh, to talk about fish. Mm. That's good. Weddings. Fish, weddings, space hoppers. And, yeah, and all kinds of things. The future. And now I'll see us out with some beautiful harp music. Wonderful. There, you see, that was Einstein. I was that. channeling Einstein. He just can't play fucking music at all. Look, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Well, you're probably tone deaf. <laughs> <laughs> I am, to be fair. All right, so what's this weekend? Watford. Oh, yeah, Watford. They beat Watford us. Watford at home. Hmm. Do better, I think, is the is the key. We've got another chance, haven't we? Another chance. Revenge. Finally, revenge. On revenge that. against those sinister Watford chaps. Yes, yeah. indeed. Well, look, we have to hope that the international break did indeed come at the right time. Perfectly that, timed. Perfectly timed. And that we uh, we continue where we left off against Everton. So we'll uh, we'll talk about the Watford game on the Arscast on Friday, and we'll be back next Monday to talk about actually what happened in the Watford game on the Arscast Extra. So until then, uh, if you see uh, a ship and you need a captain, talk to James. He's the guy. He needs it. Help him out oh, here, guys. Ahoy there! Exactly. I'll go down with my ship, marrying people <laughs> until the last. All right. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye.